Hey y'all, how are y'all doing today? What what's going on? Um y'all I always let y'all know why I'm recording that where I'm at is so freaking loud <laughs> because I record at home. Um but I just wanna know like how y'all doing? What's your high for the week? I guess my high for the week is um going to the movies with my boyfriend that's what we are going to do tonight and then um i am going on a trip on friday because i work at a high school so it's always good to get out the building um i know like since covid had came um we'll still hear that a lot of people weren't really going on trips and sometimes being in the building like every single day not getting time to get to engage with students outside of the building um it's getting boring you know what i'm saying boring and and tiring um also uh what was the next thing i had to say oh (laughs) um let me know what was y'all high or what is your your guys's high um on instagram follow me on instagram and let me know or send me a voice message i say it every time okay now what now usa so a couple of topics or articles that i seen i picked teenage girl faces theft charge y'all after giving away over ten thousand dollars of her grandmother's savings um that's crazy (laughs) like that's crazy as hell so, a teenage girl faces the possibility of a felony charge after giving her a chunk of her grandmother's savings to her classmates. At the time, um, they haven't shown who she is, but she's 14 years old. Um, she resides 50 miles, 60 miles northwest of Orlando in Summerfield. And um, she's accused of taking $13,500 from her granny's home safe. I don't know why granny ain't had no motherfucking bank. But I mean, I understand some people don't. Um, some people don't trust safe, so that's probably why she don't have one. But that's a lot of money not to have in a, to have in a safe. Um, I'm just trying to think to myself. I think safes could be fire resistant sometimes like you know um but honestly i just don't know i just feel like like what if something happened and your money is gone because it's paper and so if that paper is not in the bank if something happens it's gone um yeah just just a thought so marine marion county Deputies responded to a call from Lake Weir Middle School on October 20th over complaints of a student handing out cash to their classmates. So the girl claimed that the money was from an unknown unknown source at first. So it says school employees searched the teenager's backpack and discovered nearly $2,500. At first, the girl claimed an unknown former student gave her the money because they wanted it distributed. Like, girl, okay. But they later discovered that the money was not random, was not a random act of generosity. 
But the teenage girl basically had committed a crime against her grandmother. She went to her life savings and, um, girl, took the money. Like, that's crazy. She said she busted open the safe girl with a screwdriver and a metal pick. Like, you really want to get in there and get that money. And for what? I don't know. Like, girl, you're 14 years old. Like, I know, like... I remember when I was in grammar school and this little girl used to take get her money from her mama and was passing it out and stuff like that. That's what that was in fourteen years old is still grammar school, but I'm talking about like we wasn't even preteens or nothing like that. But for you to be at the age of fourteen, meaning you in um eighth grade about to graduate and go to high school, you should have some type of knowledge about that. Why the hell are you why you doing you know what I'm saying? Why are you giving that? Why you get why you going in in that safe and get that lady money away? Um so she said she took a stack of twenty dollar bills the size of about six inches out of the safe, which was that money, whatever like that. It say she took thirteen thousand dollars, y'all. They recovered about seventeen hundred of the money from the other students. And then they found the 2500 in her book bag. Like, are you kidding me? Like, that's crazy to me. So, she, I guess if she's able to be arrested for this, I'm guessing her grandmother um, pressed charges against her. I mean, she's 14. So, they thinking the same thing I'm thinking. Like, you know better. Um, and they say a conviction would mean up to five years in prison or five years probation with a five thousand dollar fine. It's unclear if the grandmother or the state is driving the force behind the charges and whether the girl has obtained an attorney. What y'all think? Do y'all think that she should go to jail for five years? Do y'all think she should have five years probation, five thousand dollar fine, or do y'all think she should just like be be free? I feel like she should get into some type of trouble to try to teach her a lesson, but I do not think she should go to prison for five years. Um, probation. I think she should be on probation as far as like having to do like certain type of um chores, like um you know when they clean up the city and do stuff like that. Um yeah, and then it's a five thousand dollar fine. It's just like what the hell she gonna get five thousand dollars from? Her mama gonna have to pay it. Like I ain't do that. So what the fuck? No. Um, let me know how y'all feel. Y'all can um, follow me on One Known to Be Speaks on Instagram. And y'all can write in the comments how y'all feel about the situation. Or y'all can um send me a voice message and let me know um how y'all feel about the situation. Okay, y'all. So, the next topic that I want to talk about is... I seen this up on the shade room. It's a black sperm donor shortage impacting black women seeking motherhood. Vials gone within minutes. So I'm gonna read the article that they um that they have on here. It said that they got this from the Washington Post. It says a shortage in black sperm donors is impacting black women seeking motherhood in more unconventional ways, with one woman's story shedding light on the growing seriousness of the situation. So in the Washington Post, but um, when the Washington Post reports that the black men account for fewer than two percent of the sperm donors at cry cryobanks, their vials are gone in minutes, according to the outlet. 
It says, Reza Brooks learned... This is the lady who was trying to have a kid. Her name is Reza Brooks. She learned that herself firsthand in the first quest for a black child. She scowled online for sperm banks every night after 1 a.m. following her shift as a prison guard at a woman's jail. Um, Y'all... It said the website offered hundreds of potential sperm donors online on Brooks to select such things as height, hobbies. There were scarce options available when she filtered for black or African-American donors. Brooks said also he spent, girl, not he, she spent more than 800 hours searching before getting what she wanted. She said she, she spent 40 hours a week looking for a donor, y'all. That's a job. I think personally is that a lot of men are not donating their sperm. I know personally a lot of men, I'm not going to say a lot of men, but I know personally some men feel like um, they don't want no kids running around here. So it's like even though technically those are not your kids as far as like you didn't lay down and have sex with the woman, but them is your sperms, you know, they're in your DNA whatever like that and I have seen on movies I never seen it in real life but I have seen on movies that kids be trying to find they um they sperm donor like oh this is my dad I want to know who my dad is and it's like technically this not your dad like you know what I'm saying it's literally your sperm donor it's not your dad it wasn't like your mama was with him and then he left y'all and all that other stuff you know what I'm saying so, I don't know. I feel like a lot of black men don't really go to donate their sperm like that. Um, and those could be one of the reasons why. They just don't want to do it. They don't feel comfortable with doing it. Um, and so, more of the stuff they were saying is that when they do the census, you know, and the census is when... They call to see how many people in your household, your race, age, and all the other stuff. To count how many people is basically in Chicago and wherever you at, Illinois, da, da, whatever, in the world. So, it says that when they did this census, data showed that black women between the ages of 35 and 45 are more likely to remain unmarried than women from the other racial demographics. With 44% of black women non-Hispanic being unmarried compared to just 16% of white women. It say that the black women are being forced to choose donors of another race or turn to online groups, unregulated apps. Meaning like, oh, I'm on Instagram or oh, I'm on a dating site or some shit. And in my bio, I say like, I'm looking for a sperm, a sperm donor instead of going to the sperm bank or whatever. Um, This shit is crazy. Um... How do y'all feel about that? Like, why do y'all feel like um, black men are not donating their sperm? Um, it's saying on here that it's it's a challenge for them. Black men who don't have access to quality health care um, don't, you know, really do it. Or it say like they have felonies or convictions. And if you have a felony or conviction, no matter if it was like you had a bag of weed. Because, you know, weed used to be illegal. And even if you had a bag of weed and you went to jail for that or whatever like that. Like, and you do your time and you come out, you still excluded. You cannot donate your sperm. Um, I don't know, y'all. 
let me know how y'all feel about that. I think that shit is crazy as hell. And it's just like, if you are a woman who wants a child and you might not have something men that you want to have a child with, and you don't have to always have a, um, you don't have to always have a child with a man. You could be a single mother and choose to be a single mother and not a man leaving you. Or like for um, same-sex couples, um, well, I would say same-sex women because with a man like you can use your own sperm you just have to find somebody to carry the baby but as far as two women together like they want to have a child and if it's two black women they want the sperm them to be black they don't want a mixed race child and it's not like going against mixed race but they're not mixed race so they want a black child so I don't know, y'all. Let me know how y'all feel about that. Um, like I said, y'all can follow me on London on the Beat Speaks on Instagram, or y'all can send a voice message on here. And for our next segment, which is our sips tea segment, I am going to have a guest. You guys, I am going to introduce her. I'm going to introduce her. Um, at the next segment, you know what I'm saying? I'm gonna let her tell her. Um, I'm gonna let y'all know her name and I'm gonna let y'all know like um Well, I'm gonna let her tell y'all what she does and stuff like that, but um by the title of this episode, we are going to get into mental health. We're gonna talk about mental health and I'm definitely gonna do a part two because I have a therapist as a friend and I definitely wanna get her in on this as well. But right now Y'all just stay tuned, and we're going to get into the next topic. Okay, y'all. So, now we are at our next segment, and this is usually the sip tea segment. But instead of finding, like, stuff to talk about that might have happened um, on social media, instead of talking about celebrities, I want to talk about mental health. And the guest that I was telling y'all about is my cousin, Sierra, and I'm going to let her um, tell her, tell y'all a little bit about herself if she wants to, but if not, it's up, it's up to you. So, go ahead. Hey. Okay. Hey, y'all. I'm Sierra. Like, she found her cousin. So, also from Chicago, mm-hmm. but I'm currently living in Orlando, Florida. I am a pharmacist. A, um, a resident at a hospital, so I don't really get to do too much by myself yet, but I'm in training, so that's exciting. Um, well, I went to the University of Wisconsin-Madison, so I graduated 2021, and I just wanted a change, so I was like, I'm gonna move out to Florida. I don't have no people here, no friends here. It was pretty random, but... Mm-hmm. I'm on year two, year two right now, mm-hmm. and I'm still here, and I like it. So we'll see how long this lasts. That was, I that was, I didn't even know like that. You just like hmm, Florida. I didn't. Yeah. I didn't even know that. I, I had to get a license, and so I had to pick a state. But it's like after graduation, I ain't had no job. I ain't had no plans. So it's just like if I get licensed in Illinois, the only place I'm going to live is Chicago. Mm-hmm. So. Florida has, like, a lot of cities, like mm-hmm. Jacksonville, Tampa, Miami. Mm-hmm. So, 
it just gave me more options in terms of being able to apply to places. Dang, that's true. Not that I, not, I never thought about it that way. You're right, because I'm not going to lie. Me being in Illinois, do I want to go live in Rockford? No. <laughs> so I want to be in Chicago. You, that's, I didn't even think about that. So actually, and, Yeah, Chicago has a lot of pharmacy schools, too. So it's just like once they people start graduating, like to get a job in Chicago, mm-hmm is very hard like a lot of pharmacists for like places that i was going to be applying to so walgreens cvs mm-hmm. they have to transfer into like the chicago land area from other places like they just don't get a job there on their first try so i was like yeah i've done enough living in these small towns mm-hmm. going to school in madison so no i gotta get back to the city life and so ended up in orlando okay that is that's good all right y'all so now um so i have a few questions this kind of like um conversation started so like if we go off topic in like off of the the questions like i don't mind i just always have to like put questions in my head to kind of like start off um a conversation so my first question I have is what are some stigmas you may have heard about mental health and where do you think they came from? For, well, first, people with like that make their mental health issues known. It's just like, oh, they're being sensitive mm-hmm. or they just going through something. Mm-hmm. At least like when you look at like the perspective of anxiety and depression and uh, I just think that has, like, come with time as we become more aware of these Mm -hmm. mental health issues. Like, we're more aware of it now. So, like, the same thing that we would have thought about a person that was depressed or had anxiety 30 years ago looks different from what depression and um, and anxiety is, like, really defined at these Mm -hmm. days. It's just like any other who I think like any other disease state like you learn more about it over time mm-hmm. but as far as like other mental health issues like some people would just be like oh they crazy especially mm-hmm. like dependence on drugs and things like that all of that is mental health related so it's just like those come from the same places almost of like depression and anxiety um people with skin- schizophrenia mm-hmm. all of that stuff like it's just like coping mechanisms in a way so kind of like the labels that they have on it it's just because people didn't know they weren't educated and times change and you know people from different generations are still speaking on it but we don't all have the same perspective or experience in dealing with it as well Mm -hmm. i agree i feel like um basically the same thing like if you say you have a mental um illness or you um battle with that then people think you're crazy um and that's why sometimes people don't you know don't like to be so open about it um or like you said like I'll say for me for example I deal with anxiety and for me my anxiety does get bad but I don't show it if you don't know me or if you don't know the signs of anxiety then you will think i'm not having anxiety like i could be having an anxiety attack and 
to the outside person, it'll look like I'm totally fine. But sometimes me scrolling through my phone is me having anxiety. I'm not even, I might not even be actually scrolling to look at something. I'm just trying to do something with my hands or like me just looking around or me just being quiet. Like it could be like in my head. And so on the outside, I look normal, but really on the inside, I'm, um, I'm not, you know, I don't feel okay. And when some people see it like that, I feel like they don't take it as serious. Yeah, no, that, and it's just like, it's so many ways that you can define anxiety. It's different for like every person. So it's just like some people can mask it. Like I said, you're coping by like you mentioned going through your phone and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. And then some people, it manifests as physical pain. Mm Mm-hmm. And so it's just like, then maybe because they're complaining of like pain in their stomach or in their back or something like that. And mm-hmm. it's really anxiety, but it's just like, oh, then it's looked at a little bit different mm-hmm. because maybe they don't have it. Maybe don't, they don't even recognize it's anxiety. Mm-hmm. And I, and that was me. I didn't know. I knew that I was like feeling anxious and, but I didn't know, like, I didn't know that it was like. Something that I wanted to see a therapist about because I every time I got like really really nervous, I my stomach would hurt, and I'll be like, "Why my stomach always hurt when I'm nervous?" And then like I'll go to somebody and they be like, "Oh, that's just it just happens like that," but but not like really taking it serious. Like, "Oh, you just nervous, so that's why your stomach hurting." But it's like, nah, I'm getting really bad anxiety, or like I'll get anxiety sometimes where like I feel sick, like I'll feel like nauseated and stuff like that um and i wasn't taking it serious because i'm just like okay well i can calm myself down but really i feel like it wasn't until my father my grandfather passed away was when i like was like okay i i want to go to a therapist because um i got really anxious when he passed away because him being the man of like basically our family he like helped with a lot of stuff and he um like you know he just did a lot for us and he always like came to the rescue my anxiety got really bad when he passed away because i felt like when he um passed away i just felt like what what are we gonna do like what's gonna happen like i don't know like that's when i i realized like dang i need to go talk to somebody about this and even like when i say like the part where I was asking about, like, where did the stigmas come from? Sometimes I feel like it comes from the family because when I was talking to my mom, I said, like, yeah, I want to go to a therapist. This is before my grandfather passed away. And she's like, why? You could talk to me. And it's like, no, I want to talk to a therapist. So, in the same, like, it's the same way, like, when they have problems and they don't want to talk to their family or they might go to their friends too, mm -hmm. but... I feel like we kind of reach a point where it's like we either keep it to ourselves Mm -hmm. because at some point it's just like I don't another perspective is just like I just don't want to put my problems on my mama I don't want to put my problems on my friends like Mm -hmm. they go get tired of me because we all got our own problems that we're dealing with and it's just like I you kind of get the feeling that it's just like I really just need somebody to talk to and Mm -hmm. I feel like I'm kind of at that stage because it's just like every time something happens, it's just like, okay, I'm not in college no more. Mm-hmm. We're not living in the same dorm. We ain't all like our only responsibility is not going to the library 
right <laughs> depending on what kind of student you were wasn't even really happening that much you just didn't buy so it's just like i'm calling people and it's like they at work mm-hmm. like they got this they own stuff going on and then it's like on top of that i'm in long distance relationships with everybody mm-hmm. my friends yeah. my family my boyfriend so it's just like that i need somebody to talk to about this so mm-hmm. it's just like that's where I feel like therapy is a good option because mm-hmm. especially growing up it's just like okay our problems used to maybe overlap but now we live different lives everybody got different kinds of jobs and it's just like it's only 24 hours in a day mm-hmm. and me as a resident where it's like I get to work early I leave work late and when I come home I like have 15 minutes where maybe I'll go for a run or a walk or just sit there in my car and scroll on my phone or listen to music before I have to go back into like, okay, now what do I need to have prepared before I show up to work early tomorrow? Mm-hmm. It's just like, where does it fit? Mm-hmm. And so that kind of leads into my next question. So like, what are, what is some of the stress, uh, stressors that you are like comfortable with sharing and like, how do you handle them? I mentioned both of them already. Yeah, you so did. Being a resident uh-huh. and uh, being in all of these like long distance relationships, I feel like at work I change like my specialty that I'm focused on in uh-huh. terms of like medicine uh-huh. every five weeks. Every five weeks I'm working with somebody new, uh-huh. and maybe in that five week period, instead of just working with one provider, I'm working with a different provider every week. Uh-huh. And so it's just very stressful because it's just like I'm trying to learn for me, but at the same time, I have to adjust to these people. And basically when I say, like, I can't do nothing by myself, basically all my notes and my decisions that I make, mm-hmm. I have to run it past somebody before right. I can say, oh, I'm going to do this for that patient or I'm going to do that for that patient. Or before I even talk to the physician, because I have to go through the pharmacist that is co-signing all of my notes. So it's just like that's very stressful mm-hmm. on top of the fact that like I'm a resident so it's just like I have all these little assignments I have a presentation that I gave today mm-hmm. and I did it this morning like I put it together this morning I have like projects and papers and all of these things to write on a weekly basis and it's just like would you say that you when you're running is that your way to decompress as well or but would it be just running and then like scrolling on your phone do you think like those are the only two ways that you decompress basically yeah and i had to delete instagram today because i just get i just be scrolling and i'll be at work Mm -hmm. and i'm sure like the the pharmacist whose office is like she has to walk past me to get to her office Mm -hmm. she's like this girl is always on her phone Mm -hmm. because i just i be needing mental breaks Mm -hmm. i'm trying to like force my mental breaks to be something different what about reading do you like reading i i like reading and i have books Mm -hmm. um but i am a product of chicago public school (laughs) so just like those little breaks that i be needing at least at work is not like five minutes Mm -hmm. i'm gonna see if you got through like one sentence because i'm gonna have to read that sentence like three four times Mm -hmm. so but one thing I do is, like, when I get my oil, my oil changed in my car every couple of months, I take a book with me mm-hmm. to the dealership. Mm-hmm. And that'd be, like, a two, three-hour process. 
and that's <laughs> yeah it do take a long time uh, every couple of months i should probably be reading more often than that mm-hmm. but i read a lot for my job i mm-hmm. read non-paid scientific papers yeah so that's like it's not nothing <laughs> yeah but, um when i do that when i go to the airport i take books and i take flights a lot given that all my people is outside of florida mm-hmm. and the um Oh, anytime I go on vacation, like if it's a true vacation, I'm not going like to visit my family somewhere. Like I went to Puerto Rico with my family, mm-hmm. um, my dad's side mm-hmm. in April, and that whole time, like I didn't do no excursions or nothing. All I did was take my book and take my nephew and my little brother. Mm-hmm. Like we went to the beach or they go to the pool, and I was just like sitting in one of those chairs, just reading my book the whole time. That's not relaxing though. <laughs> it was. That was that was supposed to be like my intention of it, uh-huh. and it 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 just felt so good, especially now. Like my my brother is older, so I don't have like I don't really have to go nowhere with him. But my nephew was six, and it's like it was so I got lucky because he real trained in the water. He know not to go too far, uh-huh. and he can swim a little bit. So uh-huh. it's just like okay, I ain't gotta be in the water with you for real too. So I was like. It kind of worked out better than I expected. Mm-hmm. I would say some of my stresses is probably work. Um, I'm also have been like trying to get back into school, cause like and and that and it's selfish stressful to me because it's like I'm the first child and um, I always say like sometimes the first child is like the tester, so. I had to go through a lot of stuff that my other siblings, it was so easy for them to pay for school or do this. And, you know, my mom's credit was better and all other stuff. But when I was younger, um, it wasn't like that. So, like, I've been trying to get back into school. And I actually um, have an interview to do um, a resident teacher program for CPS. I already work for CPS, but I'm just not a teacher yet. Um, But I'm doing an interview for that. So, I'm just trying to thank you. I'm just trying to make sure like I have all that together and then just work itself working in the education field. Um, I've been working with kids since I was 19 and I just seen like generation and generation as they get older. It's just like not the same like when we were in high school or when we were in grammar school. It's crazy. And um, it's it's the students. But also, it's admin, and it's also, like, certain teachers. So, like, if you don't have good classroom management or your school or your classroom doesn't have have structure, then the kids know that, and they're going to play on that. So, some days it can be okay. Some days it'll be stressful. Um, and then I was work. I'm a paraprofessional, so I was working with a student who had multiple 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 um disabilities and she was on life support and that in itself was really really stressful for me because it was hard seeing someone like that and it was hard because her mom didn't want to have an updated meeting and so her um IEP it's basically her uh, educational personal plan didn't have the accommodations that she needed on there or the modifications that she needed on there because mom didn't want to have a meeting. And it was really hard figuring out how to, how to support her. And not only that, 
our school is not equipped for her and it was a school that was way more equipped for her but because the school i work with has two other locations which is um like a middle school and then like um the little babies um that student had went to that those two other schools which money 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 they have money unfortunately our high school is an old ass building and they don't and the parents don't put as much money in the high school as they do the other um buildings so like our our buildings are not equipped for her but mom was set on like no i want her to go here and we really had nobody backing us up and because i am technically the new para i was the one who had to work with her it made me feel really anxious so it was days where every day I would go to work and I would not want to be there and I would hate being there that I would be feeling sick to my stomach because I was it was I was just really anxious like this student can't talk this student like can't really type because of all of the different disabilities that she has and she's here as far as like in her mind like she she's so smart but she just really couldn't do a lot of stuff. And it just, it made me feel really bad. It made me feel sad because like mom is like, oh, I want her to be here because she has friends here or, or she wants to make friends. And it made me feel bad because students would either treat her as if she's not there or they're, or they're staring at her because it's something different and it's something new. And that made me feel really bad. Like I, I just feel really bad for her. And I was trying to, um, I think I was over, over, um, like extending myself as well, because again, I'm a para and I'm not a teacher yet. And so the teachers was coming to me, asking me things and for advice for stuff that they're supposed to be doing. So it was like, I felt like I was doing a, like a double job. Um, right now she's not there, but she is going to be back. So I feel like my stress levels have went down a little bit when it comes back to work. Um, and then, like, my boyfriend get on my nerves. Um, so, <laughs> he's, a, he, he's a stressor sometimes, too. But um, the reason why I asked you, did you like to read? Is because I, I read to, like, calm myself down. I put myself in the book and pretend I'm the person in the book. Like, or I'll... Um, watch like old series because it just makes me feel comfortable it's something i think it's something about like me knowing what's gonna happen and me not it, like it it calms me down it makes me not feel anxious so i watch stuff that i already seen before i read and then i do have a uh, therapist in this i have a new therapist i had a therapist that i was with for three years um and i was using have you heard of talk space I have not. So I was using Talkspace. Have you heard of BetterHelp? No. Okay. <laughs> so both of them is BetterHelp and then it's Talkspace. And it's just like, it's um strictly virtual um therapist, but you can text them too. So you can text them at any time. You can send them an auto at any, uh, audio at any time. And you can meet with them online. It's different plans and all that other stuff. Blah blah blah. Y'all look it up. I ain't telling y'all because they ain't sponsoring me. So y'all gonna have to. Y'all gonna have to but Google. The, the texting part is really useful. It, it is. So many texts that I'd be ready to send because it's just like I'm just trying to like. 
I just need to tell somebody. Mm-hmm. And, like, maybe I'm at work, and it's like, I can't call you, but it's just, like, I need to tell somebody. Mm-hmm. I don't type it, but then it's like, I, I have that real feeling of, like, okay, I don't want to put my problems on somebody else. So then I just delete it, and it's just like, okay, I'll figure it out myself. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, you can, um... If you need to, you can look into that because they do accept certain insurance and stuff like that too. Um, Better Help has is less expensive than Talkspace, but I have found a lady on Talkspace that I absolutely love, and but Talkspace was getting a little expensive because I was I wasn't working where I'm working at now, um, so I had to take a break from that. And um, um, CPS actually gave us five free sessions and they started doing that i guess because they saw how people mental health was declining during covid um when we were on quarantine because at first they were not doing it so they gave me five free sessions and so i used that in between and then i finally i i've been i had been on a wait list for my insurance for about four months and this was just to take a in just to do intake i was on a wait list and um, finally, I have someone, and I always tell everybody, like, if you're a black woman, get a black woman. But this time, I did not get a black woman. Um, And guess what? I really like her. I really like her. Like, I don't want nobody to think I'm racist or I'm prejudiced and stuff. But I just like to, to talk to somebody who looks like me, who can understand where I'm coming from. But the lady you know, that I, that I, I have now, I totally relate. Yeah, because at school, so when I went to UW, like they had you like health services for free for all the students, mm-hmm. and uh, I would go to this provider, and it's just like it's a lot of different titles now for people that you see. Like you can have a pharmacist prescribing medicine, you can have a nurse practitioner, like. There's mm-hmm. a lot of other titles other than, like, your normal doctor. Mm-hmm. And I had a nurse practitioner, and I used to be like, I want a black doctor. I always want a black doctor. But that white lady is literally the best thing that ever happened mm-hmm. to me. Like, she listened to all of my concerns and problems that I had. And I went to the doctor one, one summer to University of Chicago, and mm-hmm. I was just like, I can't believe I'm saying this, but I can't wait. And it was a black lady. And I was like, I can't wait till I get back to Madison so I can talk to my nurse because she just, she listens to me. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's how I feel about this lady. Um... I love... I thought I was, like, not gonna, like, like her, but, like, I love her. (laughs) I'm like, she... She definitely listens to me and understands where I'm coming from. And if she don't understand where I'm coming from, she's going to ask and she's going to clarify. She's just going to make sure. And another thing that I do is I journal. So because the list, the wait list is so, um, it's so long. And because since I work Monday through Friday and I get off at 315, my, my availability is not it's um open to her so i would like to meet with her once every week but sometimes it's once every two weeks because of my availability and she might and she's filled up like she's her schedule is full so what i do is i journal and so like when you were saying like you like you might want to send a text to somebody but you like oh i don't want to put my problems on that person do you journal so i sometimes make notes in my phone yeah that's what i do i don't journal Uh because i just feel like my my job like i'm i'm taking notes or writing Uh so many other things Mm -hmm. and 
I keep a planner, so it's just like I'd be trying to like separate myself mm-hmm. from that, which is why I like the notes on my phone because yeah. my phone mm-hmm. I'm not gonna get no work stuff on here. Because of where I work, mm-hmm. like it's very like secure. So I don't have a work email come into my phone. Nobody's calling my phone, like everything goes through like the secure logins once I'm at work. So I like to do notes on my phone. And that's still considered journaling, though, because that's, that's where I put my stuff at sometimes. Like, I love to write, though. That's my thing. I love, I do love writing. And I don't have a job that, like, even though I work in a school, it doesn't require me to write because, especially, they're trying to do strictly the kids have Chromebooks. They trying to really take away worksheets and strictly have the kids on the computer. So yeah, I, so I like writing. It's been since I've been in the kids. Like, um, been in the school mm-hmm. because they're not writing no paper no more. <laughs> like no, it's still some teachers is like no. I'm still gonna pass out a little bit of papers and do worksheets, but it's some of them that's like no, everything's online, and it was so crazy and it was so funny. It was it was funny to me because the Wi-Fi went out. The Wi-Fi had went out for the rest of the day, and the kids were so happy because they didn't have to do nothing. Because guess what? You can't get into your stuff. So it's like... I need an old school teacher. They need to teach them both ways because Mm -hmm. if the internet go out, we ain't even have internet school. Exactly. So, hey, I was like, hmm, now y'all see why some of these teachers are are still trying to do worksheets. Because y'all don't have anything prepared because guess what? Everything's online. And then it's like... um. But, yeah, so back to, like, the journaling part, I feel like in your notes is fine because that's where I journal at. But also, it's this app um, that I do want you to download, and anybody that's listening, it's called Allen Mind. So, it's A-L-L-A-N Mind, M-I-N-D. They have a free version, and if you want to, you can pay for it um, for another, for more, like, features. But I downloaded it because I was looking at um, at a way to, like, write my feelings down in a sense or type them out or whatever like that especially when I was in between therapists um when I was waiting on my insurance and it asks you how are you feeling today and it has the options where it could be work relationship um whatever whatever why do you feel this way what can you do like you know it it asks you those questions to get you to type out how you feel and put your feelings there and I really feel like it's a really good app um so that's just some of the ways that I like decompress or I handle my stressors especially like if I can't get to my therapist um because I'm not gonna lie when I was using uh, Talkspace it really got me um spoiled to where anytime I felt the way I could text my therapist but now I can't do that I have to wait till I meet with her and like you said, sometimes I don't want to keep going to somebody. I don't want to put nothing on them. Everybody got their stuff that they going through. And I just feel like sometimes I feel like when I do talk to somebody and maybe something else happened and I'll be like, huh, I'm so sorry. Like, I'll be apologizing because I don't want to put all my problems on somebody else. But I always say, like, you could come to me, too. Yeah. Because I don't want to feel like I'm the only one saying something or talking about my problem. With that, it's just like, it's the same thing where it was like, I don't want to be like putting too many of my problems on them. Mm-hmm. Especially when I'm trying to figure out like, who am I about to call? Because mm-hmm. the other way around, it's just like, you trying to push your problems on me. Mm-hmm. And 
I have a lot going on too. So mm-hmm. I'm like, yes, I can be there as a friend, but mm-hmm. then I don't I don't want to have to reach that point where it's just like we both sitting here sad, depressed, mm-hmm. trying to help each other, but we can't help ourselves. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Especially while we in our twenties, mm-hmm. it's just this is not the none of us are living the lives that we thought we would go live. A hundred percent, maybe in some way, mm-hmm. but like a hundred percent, and so it's hard it's just hard yeah i try not to let stress take over me i try not to let my anxiety even take over me um i try not to stress about anything that i can't control but sometimes it's just hard because it's like i want to control it so i'm freaking out because i can't control it and i don't know what's gonna happen next and blah 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 but i feel like i i feel like i've been working on it um so the next question was do you think that therapy is helpful um i kind of feel like did we touch on that i mean i know i did i feel like yes yeah and i have not tried therapy Mm -hmm. people around me have tried therapy Mm -hmm. and they love it Mm -hmm. i I am on my way to starting therapy because Mm -hmm. i just be wanting somebody to talk to Mm -hmm. that is like gonna be listening a hundred percent and if you are my therapist and you're taking money from my insurance and okay myself, mm-hmm. i would hope that you are <laughs> you are listening to me because right. like i said these being 20 something is complicated mm-hmm. i'm sure being 30 something is complicated too life yeah, is complicated exactly and so i just be trying to figure it out but i think therapy like talking to a person mm-hmm. and then also having like therapeutic activities Mm -hmm. which for me is running because like i started running as it's like oh i gotta be able to do this Mm -hmm. but people be like trying to figure out like oh how fast can i run a mile how fast can i do that it will take me i will be running the whole time and it takes me like 15 minutes to run a mile or 20 minutes to run a mile Mm -hmm. and it's just like well you might as well walk at that point but it's like i'm with like I feel like when I sweat, I release. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so that really helps me, but I also, it helps me sort through my thoughts. Like, if I don't run sometimes, or if I'm not active in some type of way, yoga, just like going for walks and things like that, I feel like I can't go to sleep at night because I just have so many thoughts. I'm a very, like, futuristic person, so mm-hmm. I'm always thinking about what I'm going to do next, like, mm-hmm. Where, where I want to be when I'm 30, stuff like that. And so it's just like, I need dedicated time to be able to think about that every day, even mm-hmm. though it might not be relevant to what's going on to mm-hmm. my life in that moment. That's so, my boyfriend. He think about stuff like I, But I, I mean, I think about stuff like that too. But I feel like he do more than me. I feel like I'm... It'd be overwhelming trying yeah. to like get these thoughts. Like, why does it matter? Like what kind of house you gonna have yeah from now like it's crazy stuff but some of it is not crazy because Mm -hmm. i'm i've moved around a lot i went to school in new orleans then i went to wisconsin and then my last year instead of being in madison i was in milwaukee i came back home now i'm in florida like i just i do i be doing a lot Mm -hmm. so it's just like i need i need time where Mm -hmm. it's like i don't have to do anything Mm -hmm. else but think and running though i'm moving mm-hmm. it's just like i'm i'd be really 
thinking about a lot of stuff. And that's why it's just like, you look up and it's like, dang, I've been out here an hour. I've been here two hours. Like, mm-hmm. I just be trying to find peace in my mind. You know where I do my best thinking? Honestly, in in the shower. I honestly, when the water is running, and if I'm not listening to music, because sometimes, well, you know what? Sometimes I have to listen to music, or sometimes I have to put on like a podcast while I'm in the shower, because if I don't, then I'm going to be in there thinking the whole time. Like, just thinking, about, okay, I need to do this, or I want to do this, or I have plans to do this, and this is what I want to do to for my business and blah, blah, blah. Like, when I'm in the shower, that's, I'm supposed to be relaxing and, or even if I'm taking a bath, like, I'm supposed to be relaxing and doing all of that. No, I don't. I'll be thinking about stuff or think about what I need to do when I get out the shower or oh, I need to go, get when I get out of here, I need to write this down. If I don't have no music or I don't have a podcast playing, that's where I do most of my thinking in. And I do not know why it's been like that ever since I was in high school. Every time I get in the shower, it's like a light bulb come on. And all my, like, ideas and all the stuff that I want to do, I, it just pops up. And I have no idea why it does that. I think everybody has that place or that thing that they're doing where it's just, like, they can get lost in their in their thoughts. Um, I think sometimes me sitting in my, in my car, I go to work like so early so it's like nobody on the road mm-hmm. and it's not my drive there it's like i kind of passed the airport but after that it's like no lights it's just dark and i be mad at myself because it's like i'm getting up going to work early so i can actually go in the building but i be thinking about stuff sometimes mm-hmm. and i be getting ideas and then by the time i park my car i'll be like i gotta google it so mm-hmm. then I, like, I got 10 minutes <laughs> where i'm gonna sit in my car where i'm a learn about this thing that I'm going to forget about in two hours, but I, it's just really bothering me right now, so i got to think it through before I walk into this building. Yeah, I do that sometimes, too. I get there early, too, and um, I honestly, when I get to work early, I refuse to step in there until it's a little bit time for me to clock in, because y'all ain't finna have me working, and no, I be having to get myself together and i'm not a morning person so sometimes i have to get myself together even though i'm fully dressed i'm i didn't ate my breakfast when i get to the parking lot i just be like okay let me calm down and relax and prepare myself for the day but another i had another question um you said that you have like people in your life that goes to therapy do you notice like a difference from before they went to therapy to now they're in therapy, do you think you notice a difference with them, with them, like the way they act or how they handle things or anything like that? Some yes, some no. Mm-hmm. So, I would say it's like two different types of therapy. Mm-hmm. Um, so, psychologists, mm-hmm. which is like somebody that you're focusing on, like the conversation versus like psychiatrists that mm-hmm. also does therapy sessions but then also like the incorporation of medications Mm -hmm. as well and uh, i have one friend where it's just like she has like thought process her thought process processes are really together Mm -hmm. um in terms of like how she used to handle situations compared to how she handles situations now Mm -hmm. um and it's also like 
different situations where you might have friends that have like those seasonal um mental health issues Mm -hmm. compared to like actual chemical imbalances in their brains and they're trying to really like work through stuff that is is mental health related Mm -hmm. but you need additional assistance for so it's just like it depends it's also like it takes time Mm -hmm. so it's just like depending on how long they've been trying if they're consistent Mm -hmm. about it some people i have friends that have went to therapy and now they're not in it and Mm -hmm. it's just like they undone any work that they might have been able to do Mm -hmm. because it wasn't sustained so it it really depends on the person Mm -hmm. and how long they are able to speak to it because i feel like the longer you're in therapy the more you're able to really unpack yeah um i don't really have a lot of people honestly in my life that goes to therapy they ask me about it and i always let them know like yeah i love therapy um but at first i used to be afraid to like say that i was in therapy because i didn't want people to think i'm crazy because that was one of the stigmas and yeah. nobody to think that oh girl she's crazy and i'm like no i really like going to therapy it helps me decompressed but it also helps me deal with childhood trauma that i've made it might have thought i didn't have and it's a lot it's a lot of times i was thinking about that for one of the other um points but it's just like when people be like oh you're going through something this this and that it's like i feel like everybody goes through things and you don't like it's people in the world that don't even realize the situation that they are dealing with or Mm -hmm. that they're going through or what they have experience mm-hmm. it's is traumatic. not normal it's mm-hmm. not okay you do need to talk about it or tell somebody that this is happening mm-hmm. like we just be dealing with stuff not even knowing that we're dealing with mm-hmm. stuff so the last kind of point where i put is why do you think some black families are so against therapy and do you feel like um it could just be families in general. And the reason why I put black families is because we're black. <laughs> and so, and then on the outside looking in, I see how white people have always been like going to therapy. And um, it just wasn't as common in the black community. So that's why I uh, specified black families. I think with, like, access, like I said, like, people, I don't, especially black people, the the stuff that we have dealt with historically, mm-hmm. like, it, how do we, we can barely recognize trauma. Like, mm-hmm. stuff be happening to us, and you're like, well, that's life. Mm-hmm. That's life, and just, we keep going. And I we hate that. I hate when people say that. I hate when people say um, life, well, life's this unfair. Life isn't fair. Like, I, I really don't like that saying. It was because it's like, I understand that stuff is not going to go all the way how I want it to go. But for you to just tell me my life, life is going to be unfair for me, like, what the fuck? Like, why tell somebody that? And it don't really make sense to me. And then when I think about it, when you just say like the stuff that black people have been through is traumatic it is like we've been through a lot of stuff generations and generations and 
they want us to like just forget about it you know what i'm saying and just move on and yeah, stuff like, is still affecting us like having trust issues too is another one because it's like they like i'm not gonna go talk to no random person about my problems mm-hmm. like because also historically like you you tell somebody something and then they use it against mm-hmm. you like you invite them somewhere you open up and then it's used against you so it's just like okay i can't be trusting everybody you got to be careful like mm-hmm. you got some cautious black families it's like you won't who to spend the night like yeah talk to their mama first you're not just gonna come over my house and have a sleepover with me and my mama don't know your parents it's just like it's little things like that mm-hmm. but it's just like over time you don't see how they stick with you but it, it still be like well why don't we feel comfortable talking about our issues even when they be like well you can talk to me and it's just like what yeah. type, of, type of environment have you built for me to feel comfortable exactly to say something to you? I feel like, and part of being sensitive too, it's just like, y'all may joke about everything and it's just like, this not even something to be playing with. But okay. it's like, we laughing at, at our people's pain. Yeah. Basically. And I feel like I'm very, I'm very sensitive and I feel like I'm like, to be honest with you, I feel like me being sensitive has something to do with my childhood, like, or me being, um, what they call it, a people pleaser, because as a child, I didn't, I just, I didn't want to say nothing to make somebody mad, I didn't want nobody to be mad at me, I just want everybody to be happy, and so that caused me a problem to where I don't know how to say no, or I'm always offering to help somebody, and that don't want, that don't help me. Um, but I've been working on that bound boundaries. I definitely been working on that. And then I, uh, another thing that I noticed, like in the black community, is that like if we speak on how we feel, then it's it's disrespectful to them. And that plays a part as well in how we are going to communicate with other people. Yeah, that I I had that problem at work this past week where it's like I came off on my off day to help do something that we were all expected to help with mm-hmm. and it was like y'all wasn't there and so on the weekend I'm actually supposed to work I'm being asked to help again and it's just like no exactly <laughs> the girl was sending me messages like hey are you gonna do this no exactly i hope like Mm -hmm. i I could give you the backstory as to why i'm gonna do it but another person um who is not black but he was just like no it's not that serious i'll do it and it's just like but it is that serious because why why did i come in on my day off if nobody else is gonna put forth that same effort Mm -hmm. but i know if i had said that Mm -hmm. because he's saying it right now it's just like Maybe the person I was talking to would have been like, oh, she's being hostile. Mm-hmm. Like, because of who we are, because of our skin color, we're being hostile. Because if you were a oh, white sure. woman, you wouldn't have been I'm hostile. Annoyed. Who who wouldn't be annoyed? Exactly. I came <laughs> and on then my own. Because it's just like, this is not okay, but it's just like a coping mechanism. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm frustrated, but I guess I'm just going to laugh at this because. This is how it be going. Exactly. I'll be like, is this a joke? <laughs> Am I being punk? 
<laughs> this is how I really be feeling. Like, this got to be a joke. Like, you really have to be kidding, right? You're not, you're not serious. I had another question that I had, like, just thought about when you were talking. And then it literally just, like, went away. Oh, I thought about it. Another thing that I thought about is that, and, and a lot of people have said this to me. Oh, what do I need to go to a therapist to talk about stuff for? I could talk to anybody or I don't need to tell the therapist my business and all this other stuff. And I I think another misconception is that you're going to therapy just to talk. But they give you the tools to, like, help you with certain things, depending on your situation. So it's not just them listening the whole time. They give you the tools to do what you need to do to help you set those boundaries if that's one of the problems that you have. And for anybody that can think like, oh, well, I don't have no problems. I don't need to speak to a therapist. Mm-hmm. If you go and you just start talking, I'm sure you'll be surprised mm-hmm. at what at what you're able to break through or mm-hmm. what you start to recognize. Mm-hmm. But if you had not gone. Because I remember I had a breakthrough. I was like, wait a minute. So this happened and this made me feel like this. And so now, this is why as an adult, I do this. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, I was like, I was like, damn. I ain't never think about it like that. Like you said, you go through stuff and you think that it's just normal, but it's not. And you didn't realize that that was traumatic for you. So, I don't know. I just feel like I am a, a advocate for therapy. I say go. You're not crazy. It's not just talking and telling your business. Like, it's, it's helpful. Um, and then I know even, like, doctors, when you t- come to them and you talk about anxiety or depression or whatever the case may be, um, I know that a lot a lot of doctors that I went to, or well, I'll say, like, the dude who did my intake, and then I had a nurse um, tell me, and then also a doctor. This was, like mo- like, different times of my life. They were saying, like, they recommend counseling or therapy. Um, they don't recommend you be on medication if you don't have to be. And also, I just feel like another thing that I want to say is that even if you do end up having to see a psychiatrist and you do have to be on medication, you're not crazy. Because a lot of people feel crazy because they have to take meds. And it's like, no, you're not crazy. If you have to take them, then take them. Cause I yeah. had a friend who to didn't take theirs. Your, your health, mental, physical, all of it. Yeah, I had a friend who didn't you take might theirs. Not work for the next person, exactly. And there's a lot of options out there, mm-hmm. but you want to be able to like live your life for you. Mm-hmm. Do you have any like questions or anything else that you want to like kind of talk about dealing with like mental health? I will say, like, I know I have not been to therapy before, but just based off this conversation, it's just like, dang, what I've been waiting for. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I kind of, I have a friend like that, and we always talk about it, and she talks about how she wants one, and I'm always like, well, girl, what you waiting for? Because I'm like, you got insurance, you got, you have the means, do it. You're going to feel so much better um and i also i always tell people if you get a therapist and you don't like them get another one 
You don't have to keep the therapist. Don't feel bad about changing. If the, if it's, you had a few sessions and it's not clicking or you don't feel like they're listening, you don't feel like you guys are connecting, you can get another one. Um, I always have to say that too because um, people feel like you you got to stick with them. Like I had a therapist that I didn't like. And the reason why I didn't like is like her is because she was not consistent. She would cancel on me all the time. Like we'll I'll be looking forward to my session. I will see her once a week and then I end up switching to once to every two weeks with this lady. And she will cancel on me all the time. Or I feel like while I'm there, I don't feel like she, I didn't feel like she was helping me. This is when I did feel like, oh, I'm just talking to her. She's not giving me the tools. Or some therapists, they'll give you, like, homework, quote-unquote, to do to do stuff. And you got to come back and they want to see, like, did you do it? How did you feel? Like, did you improve? I don't really feel like she was doing that at all. And then on top of you not being consistent and knowing that consistency is one of the things that triggers me, um, like, people not being consistent... It triggers my anxiety. Um, it just, it wasn't a good fit. And so, I didn't want to be right no more. And I found somebody else. So, it's okay to get somebody else if that therapist is not working out for you. I know, too. People be talking about they hot girls. Like, if one don't do it for you, another one will. Mm-hmm. Take that perspective with your therapist. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And my my last therapist I had, like I said, I do like the, I like the woman I have now. But I ain't gonna lie, my last therapist, that was my girl. I was I was with her for three years and I felt like I know that it was like, you know, it's professional, but at the same time I felt like that was my best friend. I've been, you know, talking to this person for three years. This person know me. I know, you know, them a little bit. So it's just like that was my girl. I feel like that was my girl. And I ain't gonna lie, I, I do miss having her. But the woman I have today I have a therapy session today. It's online. She, she's, she's good. She's great. So don't knock a white person, cause I ain't gonna lie. At first, I was, I was like, hell no, nah, I need a black woman. But she, she does her thing. Okay. Okay, y'all, we are at our next segment. It's what would London do? Y'all can send letters in or y'all can like send messages on London on the Beat Speaks on Instagram. Um, So my piece of advice that I want to give y'all is to, I would say get a therapist. If you feel like um, the coping mechanisms that you have or your self-care activities that you have is not working i would say reach out to like a therapist if you have insurance even if you have a medical car you can call the medical car and they can hook you up with like counseling they pay for that and um i'm gonna look on google because it's this website um that has free uh, therapy um and I want to say they have a website for free therapy for black women. And then they had one just for like, it was like black people or whatever. I guess there was some therapists that was offering free sessions. Um, I can't remember what it is right now, but I'm going to Google it and I'm going to put it in the info box. So y'all make sure y'all look for that. But that's my only um, advice I could say for today. 
All right, y'all. Did you know segment? So I always go on Google and I always try to pick the fun facts that I think is interesting. So did you know that armadillo shells are bullyproof? It says one Texas man was hospitalized when a bullet he shot at an armadillo ricochet off the animal and hit him in the jaw. I think the, the sad part about that fact is that man probably didn't even learn his lesson. <laughs> he probably didn't. Oh, wait. What? Because I wonder what he was doing. Why are you shooting an armadillo? Honestly, I wouldn't shoot anything with a hard-ass shell anyway. So, yeah. Well, I guess I guess that might be a Caucasian. Oh, People you said to- it because I was thinking yeah. about it. They like to shoot at animals because I'm thinking like, why am I shooting at an animal anyway? But that's what they do. Yeah, I was thinking that. As soon as you said that he didn't learn his lesson, I'm sorry. I I, I literally thought it was, you know, Caucasian well, activity. We assume, we assume too, right? So. Yeah, I don't Next know. Question. Okay. <laughs> the next one is: Did you know that Kleenex tissues were originally intended for gas masks? It says when there was a cotton shortage during World War One, Kimberly Clark developed a thin, flat cotton substitute that the Army tried to use as a filter and gas mask. The war ended before scientists perfected the material, so the company redeveloped it to be smoother and softer, then marketed Kleenex as facial tissue instead. That's crazy. Yeah, because now we know it definitely don't work against COVID, so... They probably would have died anyway. <laughs> yeah, because please, <laughs> that tissue ain't, ain't. But what material could they use though? Because it said that before they that the war ended, they they couldn't like um. What did it say? They couldn't develop a better material. What were they gonna use? Like, I'm just thinking to myself, if I started out with tissue, what? I don't know. It don't make sense, but. Okay. Um, they need. They just needed more time. But science yeah. has advanced, luckily, because I don't think they was on to nothing with that. Yeah, me either. And so the last one is, it says thanks to three D printing, NASA or NASA, however you want to pronounce it, can basically email tools to astronauts. And I think that that's kind of cool because I was looking on TikTok and. I was, um, they have pages dedicated to 3D printing, and I think that that's kind of cool. That sounds cool. I was thinking about my mind. I'm interested to watch the process. You can, you can look it up on either YouTube or on TikTok. I saw a lot of, um, a lot of people doing that. A, a guy made Crocs with his 3D printer. Yeah, I'm going to have to go to TikTok for that one. That's my app of choice now. And I ain't going to lie. I want a 3D printer. And the cheapest one is $300. And it's on Amazon. That's not bad. At all. So, I don't know. Maybe one day I might invest in that because I think that's kind of cool. Okay, y'all. Last but not least, y'all already know grinds my gears will we tell y'all our pet peeves or something that grinds our gears um this week or last week whatever it it could be it don't have to be that recent so i said broken promises grinds my gears i hate 
when people tell me they're going to do something and they don't do it? Or how about you just mad at your business and somebody offered to do something for you and now you're excited about it and then they don't even do it? Because I just feel like, what was your point of saying you was going to do it if you wasn't going to do it? It's the same thing. <laughs> the same thing Okay, I'm not going to lie to you. I feel like my patience is thin with adults, but I have a lot of patience for kids. And I feel like it's because as adults, you should know better already. Yeah, I I agree, though. I don't deal with kids mm-hmm. in the capacity of, like, a classroom or trying to teach them. Mm-hmm. But I like the dance studio, working with those kids, and then I work... Um, for Chicago Park District mm-hmm. like every summer that I was in college since graduating high school and it's just like I always look like, I appreciate kids outside the classroom mm-hmm. it's like, I don't want to be responsible for you knowing nothing mm-hmm. it's just like to be able to have conversations with them play games with them like mm-hmm. I have fun and they really be trying me especially like when you see them grow up over the years because it's like we've seen each other grow up because mm-hmm. see her at 18 is different from Sierra at 21 mm-hmm. at 22 like pharmacy school I had it was a minute before I graduated mm-hmm. it was in a four year run so it was just like and seeing them now like we growing up together and it's just like they really tried me they didn't see me cry mm-hmm. <laughs> because it's like you said classroom management I, I didn't have camp mm-hmm. group management mm-hmm. but then it's like you know we built a relationship so I appreciate kids for that too and they just be making me laugh because yeah. it's just like they live in a simple life. Yeah, I love kids. I really do. But to and to say, well, another thing that grinds my gears is I just can't stand disrespectful kids. Like, that's something that grinds my gears. It's just like, why? Why are you disrespectful? Especially to me. Um, I mean, to everybody. But for me, one of those teachers or staff members who I'm, I'm super laid back. I'm respectful, and I'm going to respect you, so just make sure that you respect me. I cannot stand disrespectful kids. Like, what you beefing with me for? I, I'm, hello, I just got here. Why you beefing with me? And they be trying it, too, because it's like, it's a lot of people in education. And, you know, like, kids, they be having a difficult time trying to understand, like, who really there Mm -hmm. to be. like who's really there because they want to make an impact in their lives Mm -hmm. who's just there to get a check Mm -hmm. and so it's just like no I'm not going to school to be a teacher but it's just like I care about y'all and it's like if you cross me you 
you're you're the one that's going to miss out. Yeah. Because I'm gonna make sure the kids that deserve it, mm-hmm. like even long term to this day, they can call me up. Mm-hmm. Like, either like in high school, they braid my hair when I go home. They mm-hmm. hairstylist. They be doing stuff like I'm gonna support you, but mm-hmm. if you cross me and it's just like, okay, I'm done with you. So yeah. it's just like for any kid, like at any stage, and I was a. <laughs> I wasn't a bad kid, mm-hmm. but I was nosy, always in the teacher's business. <laughs> like, and it's just like, I I talked a lot to mm-hmm. them, mm-hmm. but it's just like, I made sure it's just like, okay, I'm a, I'm a joke. I'm going to push the limits, but I don't want to cross you. Because mm-hmm. it's like, y'all, y'all good people. I know that y'all really care and that y'all care about us. So Yeah. Till this day, me being 27 years old, I still communicate with my seventh and eighth grade teacher like she has wrote letters of recommendation for me she has put me in positions to get other jobs like she has even when I came home from school and I didn't know what the hell I was going to do because I had to come home from school because it was costing too much and I was like okay I'm looking for a job I don't have a job right now I I was applying nothing was happening and I let her know that and I'm babysitting her son for her She's paying me to help him with his homework. Her sister, I'm I'm babysitting her niece and her nephew. I mean, and her son. Like they teachers, as long as you be respectful to them and you don't cross that line, like you said, like they're always gonna be there for you. And to this day, I was 19 years old. I was a TA at a summer program. The girl um, was 14 years old, and she be listening to my podcast. So hey, girl, that's my boo. She is 22, I think, right now. And now I'm 27. And literally, to this day, that's my girl. She forever called me Miss Cuss. She still don't call me Kyra. She called me Miss Cuss. And we both, she grown now. And she can call me for anything. I promise you, I'll be there. And that's just how I am as a teacher, whatever you want to call it. Like I'm, I'm that's the type of person I am because I love kids. And I always wanted to be in the educational field when I was younger. And, um... It just made me think about this boy who, at school, I ain't going to tell the whole story. But he did something. He was rude as hell to me. And I let the dean know. And the dean was like, I'm a fan of who he is because I did not know his name. He tried to be so slick. He changed the color of his sweater to somebody else's sweater. But I knew he, I remembered his face. Because, um, you know, damn, we don't have to wear masks no more. I wear masks, but <laughs> they don't have to wear masks no more at school. And I found him, well, the dean found him for me, and I had to talk to him, and I let him know, I'm like, look, I'm not no mean person, I'm really understandable, and if you would have been respectful to me, then we both could be on the same team, you know what I'm saying? But now, you can't say nothing to me now. Like, you know what I'm saying? Not, not on, like, if you need help and you need saving, yeah, I'll save you. But you get what I'm saying. Like, you was being rude and you was disrespectful to me. So now I got I'm not cool. I'm not, I can't be cool with you no more. I'm just, yeah, it's just, hey. Yes, I can. <laughs> Is that, and exactly. Because why do you want to keep on helping somebody? Or not even helping, but you know the shit that we don't have to do that we do. You know what I'm saying? Why would, why would I be doing that to a kid that's disrespecting me? I'm going to do what I have to do, but as far as going above and beyond, like, outside of the school, I'm not doing that because you was rude and disrespectful to me. And me knowing that I'm not that type of person to, you know, Eddie, I'm not going to lie. It's teachers that I've seen that misjudge kids. 
because of how they look. You think they they bad or you think they be in the streets or you think this and that. So you prejudging these kids. It is teachers like that. And I can't stand teachers that's like that. But I'm not one of them. So for you to disrespect me that way, that just, I ain't like that. That shit grants my gears because I know the type of person I am. I'm a nice, respectful person. I'm not mean to nobody. But once you cross me, you will never get a chance to cross me again. know y'all y'all said the podcast is over but that's okay that's okay make sure you follow me on london on the beat speaks that's on instagram um let me know how y'all like the podcast what's y'all opinion um on the current events on mental health um y'all can also download well you don't have to download the anchor app but you can send a voice message um and then i can listen to it i can play it on here if i want to um make sure y'all share this to a friend um family member whoever i also want to thank my thank my cousin sierra for being on here it was a pleasure to have you on here if you want to come on here again to be a guest to talk about other things please 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 um get on here i love having guests on here because um i just like having really good conversations Yes, thank you for having me. I enjoyed this conversation, too. It was a nice break from the hectic lifestyle that I'd be having. Mm -hmm. And then even to just, like, pick a topic and say we're going to talk about this. I enjoyed it. Thank you. And And for future, like, future podcast episodes, I really would like to have a, like, a panel um and do like a video thing or even if it's not a video thing i just want to have like a lot of voices on here and i want to hear our uh, opinions on certain things like that so that's in the future i'm like trying to make make those plans so i definitely would like you to be on a panel as well i'm here um thank you so much y'all and we will um i always say we we'll see y'all later i don't know why i always want to say see you guys later I don't know if that's future plans for for all video podcasts. I don't know. But I always want to say that, but y'all will hear us later. And don't forget to do some type of self-care for yourself. Um, And don't forget to, like, find a high. I always say find a high of the week to focus on. Because, like you said, like, a lot of people, work is stressful, Shit. relationships is stressful like especially because like you in a long distance relationship with with everybody your family your friends boyfriend all that stuff and sometimes that could be stressful um so i always just say try to find a high of the week and i got that from one of my therapists um no matter how small it is something positive that you can find out of each day i always say do that and um yeah so she'll be on here again later and y'all can um hear us later here's all episodes share to your friends all the other stuff bye bye